worry can become incessant and chronic and an overreaction to situations. One of the things that Steve said to us when we talked about it is our bodies were not designed to live at that heightened state. He did. Hi, I'm Carrie Korn, a brand new therapist. And I'm Susan Goss, a seasoned therapist. Susan has been my mentor for years. And we love talking about therapy, faith, and relationships. So join us as we share some tangible truths with you. Welcome back to another episode of the Tangible Truths Podcast. I'm Carrie, hanging out with Susan. Hello. And we are continuing our series on anxiety. Mm -hmm. And last week we talked about everybody has anxiety. Yes, they do. (laughs) And so hopefully that normalized things for you. Yes, we do. We have anxiety. You have anxiety. We all have anxiety from time to time. Mm -hmm. Um, Just varies on how much we have. And this week, we're going to kind of dive into when anxiety can become a real problem Mm -hmm. and wreak havoc on our lives and some things that we can do about that. Mm -hmm. Medically. Medically. Yes. Especially. So Susan's husband, Steve Goss is a physician. How long has he been a physician, Susan? A long time. Probably shouldn't say, should we? A long time. Like, well, I would get the number wrong. Decades. Yeah. Yes. Actually, yes. And so he has been doing some research that he shared with us as well. And I was going to have you start with that quote that he sent us because that was so good. Yes. He says, cognitive origins of worry. Ooh, because anxiety and worry are Are like... They're best friends. Yes. Mm -hmm. Two sides of the same coin, I would say. Many explanations of the origin and persistence of the excessive and pervasive worrying that characterize GAD. GAD stands for Generalized Anxiety Disorder, have been proposed. As examples, affected individuals of anxiety may, number one, consistently scan the environment for mm. cues of threat. Okay. So this this would be like when you walk in a room, mm-hmm. you can't just walk in a room relaxed. Mm-hmm. You walk in a room and you have to take in every single person in the room, every single possible threat in the room. That is exactly right. And this is constant. Constant. Okay. That sounds exhausting. It is exhausting. Okay. Number two, develop worrying in an attempt to solve problems. Okay. I'm just going to raise my hand here. (laughs) Guilty. As charged. Guilty as charged. Okay. Number three, use worrying to avoid the fear response. Mm, That's interesting. Yeah, I think so. And I I think we talk as therapists a lot about feel your feelings. Mm -hmm. And so this would be a classic case of avoiding feeling fear. Mm -hmm. And instead, we're going to worry or ruminate instead of feeling Mm -hmm. afraid. Mm -hmm. I agree. Number four, have intolerance of uncertainty or ambiguity. Okay. I'm going to throw my husband under the bus here. Oh, that's his anxiety kind of thing. Yes. Okay. Because he likes to know this is the plan. This is what's happening. When things feel uncertain, he, he feels out of control and okay. anxious. Well, now, this is true for a lot of people with yeah. anxiety. If he's not sure yes. of the order of things, mm-hmm. he's out of routine, mm-hmm. um, then that causes a lot of anxious feelings, mm-hmm. thoughts. 
I get that. Yeah. And the last one is worry about the uncontrollability mm. and presumed dangerous consequences of worrying. That's a big one. That's a big one. Uncontrollability, yeah. especially. Yes. And we're going back into being in control. Yeah. Even of the routine. Yeah. I'm just thinking for me, you know, and I like I have anxiety, but it's not a huge problem in my life. Mm -hmm. However, when my son, before he was diagnosed with, he has a chronic blood cancer condition, but before his diagnosis, Mm -hmm. we had about six months where he was constantly in the hospital, constant tests being run with no answers. Everything felt out of control. Yeah. And I was more anxious during that season of my life than I have ever been previous to that or mm-hmm. since then of just this feeling of everything is out of control. I can't fix this. I don't know what's going to happen next. That was a huge source of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, one thing that we did not mention in our last episode mm-hmm. that I think is just intriguing, mm-hmm. if nothing else, both just about anxiety in general, mm-hmm. is that twice as many women yes. versus men uh-huh. have anxiety. Now, that is in our stats, listeners. Okay. But... I don't know if it's actually, I mean, I I know that's in our stats. It's in all the research and everything. But now I believe like some of the stats, Mm -hmm. even therapeutically in the research that we find, Mm -hmm. it is also true that women report Mm. more than men therapeutically. So is that why or is it absolutely truth that women actually are more anxious than men? Right. Yeah. But nonetheless, all research says 50% more. Right. But but you have found, and I have as well as a therapist, that this is not a gender-specific no, disorder. There no. is a lot of men that suffer with anxiety. But what you're saying is you suspect right. that that number is underreported with men. Right. Because they just don't want to admit. They don't, they don't yeah. want to admit. Yeah. Which... Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And that taps into Mm -hmm. another thing that we deal with a lot, and that's shame. Right. 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 And I think it's more socially acceptable for women to say, I'm nervous, I'm worried, Mm -hmm. I'm anxious. Yes. And men feel a little bit more social pressure to not verbalize those feelings. To have it all together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things that we wanted to get into this week was how anxiety affects our bodies. And so I just want to kind of recap a little bit of what we talked about last week, because there's a couple of chemicals that God put in our bodies for a purpose to help us when we face a fearful circumstance. And those are cortisol and adrenaline. Right. They cause a burst of energy, heightened memories. They lower our tolerance of pain. They can increase our heart rate. They make us more aware of our surroundings. And all of those things are good things. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's supposed to be for a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You had a car accident. You need to get everybody out of the car into a place of safety. You need a heightened sense of awareness. I see a snake. Right. I want to run. I need away. I need okay. to have. And, you know, like one of the things is an increased lung capacity. Well, if you see a snake and you need to run away, what do you need? And I'm, you need to be able to breathe and deeply I need to, to pick run. Up the grandkids and run. Exactly. And so snake. these are good things, but it's supposed to be for that mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. And what you were just talking about, about 
you know, how worry can become incessant and chronic and an overreaction to situations. One of the things that Steve said to us when we talked about it is our bodies were not designed to live at that heightened state. He did. Mm -hmm. And that can really cause some problems with our bodies. He even said it can cause high blood pressure Mm -hmm. if it stays in that state. Mm -hmm. He said it can cause heart problems Mm. in that state. I mean, that heightened state. We're talking about staying at that heightened state. Weight gain, weight loss, diabetes, thyroid issues. I mean, that is, we ask him specifically. So, Steve, are you telling us that our bodies are not designed Mm -hmm. then to stay at such a heightened condition? Yeah. No, our bodies are not designed and can cause, again, I need to reiterate, we're talking about stain at that heightened level. And you also mentioned sleep deprivation. You know, and Steve tends, because he is a doctor, to look at the more medical things like heart disease and diabetes and those things. But it, it can also cause sleep problems, muscle tension, a loss of libido, these kinds of things that they may not be life-threatening, but they sure don't make life any better. Any easier. Right. No. Yeah. No, based on the audience knows what I've been through with mother and some other things. And so even those, I was like, oh, that makes sense why I've not been sleeping. Right. You know, staying in that trauma, uh-huh. you know, that makes that make sense. But your body has to do something. Right. With all these chemicals. That. Right. And it's going right. to affect our bodies. Yes. Yeah. Period. The end. Yeah. And what we're saying is for a short period of time, your body is doing exactly what it's supposed to do. Yes. And that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to pick up our grandchildren when a large snake is coming exactly. at us and run yes. back to the house. Yeah. yeah. We're supposed to be able to, when they look at us at the counter and say, I need this and this when we're at the right revenue office. I need this, this, and this. And we don't have our driver's license and we don't have all the things. And we're supposed to be able to problem solve that. We are. Yeah. And, but we have that adrenaline rush through like, you need what? Uh-huh. You know, you told me I just needed two and I need four documents. Uh-huh. You know how your body responds oh, I do. to that. I instantly break out in a cold sweat. sweat. Of course and, you oh, do. Because you're horrible. 20 minutes away from the house and you just waited, you know, yeah. two hours <laughs> in line. Any situation that we're talking about, our body is designed to problem solve, but to stay like mm-hmm. you said, it's a heightened awareness all the time. No, we can't. We can't do that. No, we got to regulate. So before we go into more of kind of what to do when we're in that place, can I, I'm going to ask you to be, be a therapist for all of us for just a minute. Okay. Because something that's coming up in me, and I'm wondering if it's coming up in others of you keep talking about staying in this heightened state. Mm-hmm. And I keep hearing this voice in the back of my head that's telling me, well, Carrie, just don't stay there. Just change your behavior. Quit worrying. Quit Mm -hmm. being so anxious. Mm -hmm. It's not that easy, is it? Mm -mm. No, it's not. And I think a lot of us who get in that state and can't come out of it Mm -hmm. feel this pressure that I should be able to quit feeling anxious just by willing myself to quit feeling anxious. Mm -hmm. No, no, it is not easy. First, I want to say every individual 
is different. Mm-hmm. Okay. I made that blanket statement because that is one thing that causes anxiety is to compare yourself right. to the next person. Yeah. Like, well, why are they doing so well when I'm doing crappy? Mm-hmm. You know, they just lost their a husband yeah. and their husband just had an affair. Well, mine just happened and I I can't get out of the bed and they're they're, they're shopping. Fine. Yeah. You know, they're doing they're going on vacay, yeah. you know, or whatever. Yeah. You're comparing. Mm. Okay. Comparison breeds so much discontentment mm-hmm. in those kind of situations. Can comparison's great when you're buying a refrigerator, you know, <laughs> and you need to compare prices. But other than that, you know, so guard against that. Okay. That's why I reiterate every human is different mm-hmm. because every human's at a different place in their lifespan, in their life's journey, mm-hmm. in their everything. Mm-hmm. So please don't compare because you, you don't know where they've been. Right. When you said speak as a therapist, uh-huh. no one knows what goes on behind closed doors. Yeah. Am I right? That's so true. We're secret keepers. Right. We uh, and some of the most put together people are have some of the darkest secrets. So you just never know. Yeah. And so do not compare. Yeah. We can't say that enough. You're shaming yourself. Yeah. You're shaming and sabotaging your own self. So don't do that. And number two, as we talk about our body, we have talked about how we can care for our own body by stopping internally. Mm-hmm. You're talking about. Uh, adrenaline, Mm -hmm. cortisol. We have to slow it down physically Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with our breath. So we do have to do that. We literally have to stop and take that deep breath through our nose, our nasal passage, Uh very, uh, very slowly and even slower out the mouth. Mm -hmm. It's the lion's breath. It's the yoga breathing. It's the breathing in through the diaphragm, out through the mouth. And that really honestly does slow everything down. We asked Steve about that. Does Mm -hmm. that really slow it down? Right. And yes, he said it does. And then what I tend to do personally, what I'm doing by breathing is I'm saying, God, what's really going Mm -hmm. on? Mm Mm-hmm with my body and what's really going on. And I ask him to help me slow down mm-hmm. because slowing down from the inside out is vitally important to your soul, your heart, your mind. We're wanting to slow down the mind because your mind's already taken off places it doesn't need to go. And so you just begin this journey and you take one day at a time. Yeah. I highly recommend one day at a time. It's all we've got anyway. All the things that you would think I would tell you is community to not isolate. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a human you want to be with, to get outside and walk, to exercise. If you don't want to be with anybody, talk to Jesus while you're walking. Mm -hmm. But to be outside in, in creation as much as possible and to read his word, talk to him. It's very life-giving, but a change of scenery is very, very, very good for you to calm anxiety. You know, in last episode, I suggested a prayer Mm -hmm. about God, what is good about anxiety. That is a change of focus, which if we focus only on that, which is bad. That's Mm -hmm. exactly how we live our life. Yeah. Speaking of a change of focus, I want to talk about part of anxiety that that kind of 
feeds into a lot because anxiety is a lot of worry, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes that just comes from nowhere. Mm -hmm. And so Craig Rochelle has a book called Winning the War on Your Mind. Oh, yes. It's got some good stuff in it. Mm -hmm. So I want to share a quote from that. He said that studies reveal that we are bombarded. Are you ready for this? Mm -hmm. By about 500 unintentional or intrusive thoughts every single day. Isn't that amazing? 500, okay? Each unwanted thought lasts about 14 seconds, which means we spend about two hours a day on unintentional, intrusive thoughts. Am I crazy? That's crazy. So when you're talking about shifting your focus, uh-huh. anxiety often comes from intrusive thoughts, rumination, excessive worry. So if an intrusive thought comes... Maybe the intrusive thought is, I'm not enough. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm never going to be enough. Nobody loves me. Nobody, I don't really matter to people about me. Okay, that's an intrusive thought. Mm -hmm. We can't stop it. Mm -hmm. We didn't ask for it to come. It Mm -hmm. just inserted itself in our brain. We can do one of two things at that moment. Mm -hmm. We can sit with it and ruminate on it and think about all of the ways that that has been true in our lives and every negative thing that anybody's ever said to cause us to believe that I'm not enough. Or we can shift our focus Mm -hmm. and go, God, Mm -hmm. is this true? Mm -hmm. What what do I need to do with this thought right Mm now? Mm -hmm. That's what I'm hearing you say is we need to shift our perspective, shift our focus away from this anxiety that's that can really overtake us. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. And sometimes I decide, I even say this line, mm-hmm. I am loved by a God who unconditionally loves me. Mm. I need to throw away that thought mm-hmm. and I need to start living like I'm loved unconditionally. Yeah. What does that look like, God? That is true, that I'm loved by a Father that loves me yeah. unconditionally. I need, in Jesus' name, I rebuke this thought that I'm no good, that I am. Because have you ever made up a conversation in your head? No, I would never do. No. Only every day. Yes. Yes. Often. So we play mind readers. We play like we know what somebody's saying about us. And so we have to, in Jesus' name, rebuke that. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Is that not true? I just made it up. It's not true. Exactly. It is not true. Yeah. And that is the rumination you're talking about. Exactly. We're just ruminate, making yeah. up a conversation in your head. Mm-hmm. And but uh, we can make up a different conversation in our totally head. Totally make it like up. I actually have the screensaver on my phone has two words on it, and the words are "what if" with a question mark. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me to ask the question, what if mm-hmm. I don't fail? Mm-hmm. What if I am enough? What mm-hmm. if God has something different to say about mm-hmm. me than that person has to say about me? And it's just this subtle kind of mind shift of what if I believe the good instead of believing the bad? That's right. You know, uh-huh. and it really does shift our perspective on everything. Totally, totally shift. Yeah. I made a decision uh not long ago, about it could have been a really horrible situation. Mm -hmm. And so what potentially walking into a horrible situation. So before I walked in, this is what I prayed. I am going to assume the very best. I love it. Of everyone. And that's not every that I'm just going to assume the best there. uh, Somebody's going to have to do something to prove me wrong. Yeah. I am going to assume the best. And that is not our default. 
we have to choose that. Mm-hmm. And the situation, it went really well. That's awesome. And that's what you're talking yes. about. Yes. That's what you're talking about. We're shifting our focus. We're shifting that. Yeah. So you've given us a lot of tools of things that we can do on our own, right? We're shifting our perspective. We're doing our breathing exercises. We're getting fresh air. We're doing all those things. Let's talk about the next level of care. Okay. So we're doing all of these things, but we're still stuck. stuck. Mm -hmm. We're still not seeing any good movement here. Maybe we're seeing some, but we're still feeling like my anxiety is still controlling my life. And at that point, maybe it's time to look at, okay, how do I bring professionals into this? And those professionals can be a medical professional or a mental health professional. Mm -hmm. What does that next step look like for someone who would say, Susan, I'm, I'm breathing, I'm exercising, I'm trying to shift my focus, but I still feel stuck. Well, I think that's a phenomenal question because in therapy, you know, we call that MRO, which stands for medical rule out. Mm -hmm. Because when we interviewed Steve, he said it is very real sometimes when a a patient and or a client Mm -hmm. might say, my heart is racing very, very fast. I have clammy hands. I have, you know, they start giving you symptoms of a heart attack or they start giving you a symptoms of, you know, my heart continues to race or whatever. It may be full blown anxiety or panic attack, or it could be a heart issue. Mm-hmm. You want to rule that out. Yeah. So, and either or, way, either those way, deserve treatment. Either way, yeah. they deserve treatment mm-hmm. and they deserve to be taken very seriously. You need to get it checked out. And that's what we in our profession call medical rule out. In Steve's profession, it needs to be checked out. Yeah. And he can identify it as a heart issue or that could be a symptom of diabetes. Mm-hmm. It could be a, a symptom of, as he told us, thyroid Right. It could be a symptom. So you could be having a thyroid issue and your anxiety go away, Carrie. Right. You could be a symptom of, and that's what Steve said. Yeah. A lot of times we want to treat the underlying medical condition and the anxiety leaves. Leaves. Right. And I mean, uh, again, everybody has anxiety, but you treat the uh, thyroid and then you're back to just a real baseline anxiety thing. So we work in tandem with medical doctors and therapists. I Mm -hmm. mean, I've had in my career a handful of that I can think of right now that had a thyroid issue. And they went to the doctor, and I'm telling you, they were the happiest people I've ever seen in my life once the thyroid was taken care of. I mean, it was amazing. Now, they wanted to come back just for therapy because they enjoyed it. Right. You know, and that's awesome. But they were thrilled Mm. out of their mind. It took complete care. Of their anxiety. Yeah. We were working on family of origin stuff. Right. And back. not because but you're able to focus. But it wasn't anxiety. I love that. And so they need to get checked out. And perhaps they need meds. Mm-hmm. You know, meds get a bad rap by some people, by others. I mean, they're like, take anything, but don't take my med. I mean, they're like, right. I love it. And so, you know, you don't want to change your personality, change who you are. Yeah. But if it makes you clear minded and it helps you with yes. your everyday life. 
Meds can be a really beneficial tool. That's right. I have seizures. I take seizure meds. Right. If somebody with diabetes needs their meds, they are never without their insulin. Exactly. uh, And so why is it any different to take an anti-anxiety or an anti-depression med? If you need it. Yeah, exactly. But you may not. Right. You don't want to take But we don't know that until we go to our physician. Yeah. Some people don't know any better. Some people are, are suffering and don't know another way. Yeah. They just think that everybody suffers to this degree. This yes. is just normal. Yes. Yeah. So you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And if you choose not to have met, that's fine too. Mm-hmm. But I think what you're, what I'm hearing you say is, is that it's a necessary step. If, yes. if our anxiety is out of control, if I've tried everything in my power that I know to do, and I still don't feel like I can get a handle on my anxiety, it would be it would be foolish not to go to my doctor and have a conversation with them. Exactly. Right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. It was really encouraging to me to talk to Steve mm-hmm. and hear him talk about generalized anxiety disorder and different types of anxiety of just like he threw it in there with all these other medical conditions. Mm-hmm. And I think I think our society is getting better about this. Mm-hmm. But there has been stigma attached to mental health for such a long time mm-hmm. that I think we put mental health in one category and physical health in another. Mm-hmm. And to hear Steve just jumble them all together. Of, mm-hmm. It could be a thyroid issue. It could be anxiety. It oh, could yeah. be yeah. it could be diabetes. It could be depression. Like it it's all our bodies mm-hmm. and it all deserves treatment. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. That's great. So whatever it is that's going on, mm-hmm. sometimes it's okay to just say, I need a little extra help here. Yeah. And I loved, I think you were going to bring up what he said about substance abuse. Yes. To, and to. coping mechanisms. And yeah. I think I think that's probably a really good place for us to kind of land this week's conversation is it is normal for us to comfort ourselves mm-hmm. and try to fix what's broken. Mm-hmm. We all do that. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people, myself included, we all have a tendency to choose unhealthy coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the things that Steve talked about was um, some things that are associated with anxiety is alcohol or substance abuse, mm-hmm. um, PTSD, OCD, these types of things. And so what Steve said is that turning to alcohol, turning to food, turning to anything in excess that it, we're using as a coping mechanism doesn't actually fix the problem. It just covers it up. Yeah, totally. So true. Right. And how many times do we say that, say that in therapy? Exactly. And so, so good. I, you know, I just want like if you were my client sitting across from me, I would say I'm so proud of you for finding a coping mechanism that helps relieve some of the anxiety and you can keep doing that or we can figure out what's causing it. Yeah. And we can deal with the root issue of what's really going on. And bingo, that's what we need to do. Exactly. And that that takes courage. It does. Yeah, it does. Good. Good word. Yeah. So. Hopefully this conversation continues to normalize Mm -hmm. that we all have anxiety. However, if it's all the time, if it's disproportionate to what's going on, if it's starting to affect you physically, then it may be time to actually reach out, Mm -hmm. first of all, to your doctor, maybe to your therapist and get some help with that because we can treat ourselves all day long, but until we figure out what's really going on and get to the root of it. We're just spinning our wheels. Amen. Yeah. So true. Yep. Okay. 
Good stuff. This is good stuff. Mm-hmm. It is. It's hard stuff, but it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. So we are going to continue this conversation at least one more week. And we're super excited. We're going to dig in next week into what do we really do with this anxiety stuff? Mm-hmm. How do we deal with it on a day in day out basis? Mm-hmm. And I'm excited about that. I'm looking forward to it. All right. So we'll see you guys then. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Tangible Truth Podcast, part of the KLRC Podcast Network.